You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pullbox Podcast. This is episode 59 and I am your host, Curtis Finley. I am your other host, Michael Cohen. And today we are going to be talking about the book Cosplayers by Dash Shaw uh, from Fantagraphics. And um, I have to say that this is probably one of the bigger disappointments <laughs> for this year out of the comics that we've read. I um, I, I, I like Dash Shaw. I yeah. think he's great, and I've read a bunch of his other okay. books, including Body Worlds and uh, Bottomless Belly Button um, and The Unclothed Man in the 35th Century or something. Not that that means anything to you, because I don't think yeah. you've read any of no. these, right? And um, he's he, he is an out-there kind of author. His books... Sure tackle some weird subjects and and he has a brilliant mind for these things so when i saw that he was going to do this book on the cosplay culture yeah um i thought it would actually be a little bit more funny and poking poking fun at at the culture i guess yeah i thought there's going to be a little bit more of that because he's got a good sense of humor too and there is a sense of humor in this book but it's it's strange and it's not what i expected and it yeah. kind of falls flat um, so I'm going to give a quick overview of what the book is about. Okay. Then we can jump into our opinions um, and your opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this book uh, follows two girls, and their names are Annie and Ver- Verti. Yeah. And um, they meet each other at a comic convention um, because Annie is dressed up as Sailor Venus, um, and Verti has her cameras taking pictures of all these people, and they form this connection and so the book follows them as they um as they bond i guess mm-hmm. through their cosplay love for cosplay and eventually start making little movies that they put up on youtube and go to going to other conventions and the, yeah. the book kind of just follows them as they uh as their friendship blossoms or whatever and um originally it was five standalone issues and this one is, and now this is the collected yeah. Um, the collection of the five. They call it the perfect collection, which is kind of a <laughs> nod to uh, um, anime. Yeah. Perfect collections in anime. They, yeah. I don't know why they call it perfect collections, but they do. Something very, lost, lost just, in translation. It's a very thing. Japanese thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the uh, the drawing is raw and a little on the immature side, and yeah. the stories are are quite bland and they don't really go anywhere and yeah um and yeah mike and i kind of when we were trading off books and i told him i didn't know what to think about it um i i spent these last two weeks and there are things that i do like about it and i'll get into those as well but overall it was not what i was expecting and kind Mm -hmm. of a little bit of a disappointment (laughs) yeah yeah. You want me to go off now? Okay. Yes, yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so cosplayers, I, you know, 
Um, I don't have any context for it, right, other than the little bit that you've given me just now after the fact. Um, so I went into this, as I do with a lot of stuff, I go into it completely blind and just kind of let the the art speak for itself, right? Um, and with cosplayers, it just, there's something really mean-spirited about it that absolutely comes across, and I don't know, maybe that's what that's what he intended. I. Uh, but for me, it just, I, there's so much negativity in it. And I don't mean in the sense like, cause there's negativity in all books. Like it's sort of conflict and that sort of thing is, yeah. is negative, but that's where the story comes from Right. with this. It's, it's just, it's just draining and just like you use the word bland. And I think that that's perfect. Um, the dialogue I can only imagine is intentionally, obtuse like like (laughs) yeah they basically describe what they're doing with the dialogue it 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 reads to me as an outsider's perspective on something that they don't understand but it also reads that that is like that 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 the author accepts that in writing it Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like does that make sense well i think that's an accurate i think because i he Based on the types of comics that he does, yeah, this is not his world. Yeah, um, so I and he would go to comic conventions because he he like because um, that's what he does, and and he yeah. would see all of this. So I'm sure that this is his observations. Yeah, and it is his um, just him piecing together. And there's a lot of kind of um, uh, stuff in there that he wouldn't. I guess that isn't normal for the cosplay culture. Like, there's the one, yeah. the, the first storyline is um, um, Annie places herself in real situations. Like, she'll walk into a bar dressed as someone and put on a personality, and yeah. her friend will film her. And the people, it's like a candid camera type of thing. The people yeah. don't know that they're kind of on camera, but she's playing this role and stuff like that. And I think that. I'm assuming because I'm not part of this culture either that this that, that doesn't usually happen. Right? No, and and that that being the first story in um, introduces us to these incredibly unlikable characters because they just at no point in time do do either of these characters really show that they have any kind of redeeming qualities, especially uh, Annie. Is Annie, that, yeah. yeah. Um, she at no point in time and nope. over the whole thing, yeah. never shows anything resembling a redeeming quality. She's just reprehensible the whole time. Yeah. Um, and like they're just taking advantage of people, and they're just they're just like they're bad people, right? But they're so unaware of the rest of the world. It's yeah. almost like like I can understand if this is supposed to be some sort of a statement that as an art piece. It's interesting as a piece of comic book art, <laughs> yeah. uh, like sequential art, but just as part of comic book culture, I think that this is, it's insulting to read it. Like it, it I'm not even part of that community, right? Like I'm not, like I, I like anime. I was into it when I was a teenager, but like a lot of people, I grew out of it. Um, and you know, that's not to say that all anime is terrible, but the majority of anime is pretty childish. <laughs> right. Um, so there's stuff that trans- transcends, you know, um, and you can hear uh, on a recent 
Thunderquack podcast, I had my friend Aaron on, and we talked about a lot of anime because we talked about Ghost in the Shell in the movie that's coming out. There's a lot of really great stuff out there, mm-hmm. um, but there's a like there's the that culture is and when I, I I don't mean Japanese culture when I say this I mean like the anime culture um, in North America in Canada in the U S is mainly the like the province of teenagers right and well, that's the same with the animation culture sure in North the North American animation yeah. culture too for every. For every Cowboy Bebop, there's yeah. a million Beyblades and Yu-Gi-Ohs, right? Sure. And same with in, in North America. For every, I don't know, um, what, what's a great cartoon? I'm just blanking now. But like there's America, there's like yeah. for every one great cartoon, there's there's a million He-Mans and Thunder uh, Thundercats. That's like yeah. a toy, just a toy franchise, sure. right? Um, yeah, absolutely. But, um, but, but... Like, because you, you're saying you were saying comic conventions and and sort of using it mm-hmm. interchangeably with anime conventions. And oh yeah, I guess. Trust me yeah. when I say they are very yeah, different. Yeah, that's things. true. Yeah, that's true. And um, then they focus on anime conventions yeah. in this book, not comic conventions. Yeah, and anime conventions are mostly tweens and teens dressed up in ridiculous outfits based on characters from anime. Right. I uh, hanging out. Right. They're kind of just loitering. <laughs> really like. Like that's because they have no money to buy things. Yeah, they don't have any money to buy anything. Uh, that's our experience in Vancouver, at least. But I think that that's a that's a it's pretty, a generalization. I think that's a pretty. I think it's a pretty accurate generalization. Well, um, but I you can address all those emails to Mike himself. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if you're listening to this at this point, unless like, unless you you searched the word cosplayers and found this episode, and now you're also upset. Um, well, I think you're that in... you're probably in the same. Same boat as you, Same right? You're defending the this culture, is what yeah, you're doing. Well, it, it yeah, well, it is. It, it's it. It is a, a community. It, I look at anime culture uh, as almost a gateway into general pop culture, and there are a lot of people who, as teenagers, are also into general pop culture. But there are a lot of kids who get into anime when they're younger, when they're yep. seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, through Pokemon and Beyblade and Yu Gi Oh and That's stuff like where that. Where my kids are at, yeah. yeah. And then they graduate on to uh, better stuff, right? So you start getting into into uh, more complex anime. Um, like the Dragon Ball. Like and, Dragon Ball, And the yes. Ranma. And yeah. And, um, and then eventually you make it into the adult stuff, like like Akira and Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, those are and, great. And uh, Lupin the Third and stuff like that, where you're like, okay, there's more subtlety and nuance to this, right? Yeah. Like, really... Like there's a there's a difference in anime, just like there, like you were saying before, with uh, American cartoons. There's a difference between the Saturday morning cartoons and the actual like animated right. features and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but what I find is that a lot of people make a detour somewhere and and either leave anime behind for video games or for general like comic book pop culture stuff. Right. Um, and or you know sometimes both. So, like, in my instance, I read a lot of... I, I mean, I've always been into the general stuff, but anime was really big in the in the late 90s with Dragon Ball Z and uh, and before that with Sailor Moon and, and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but I think that a lot of people leave it behind because it is pretty childish, right? Um, yep. For the most part. And, and anime conventions reflect that. Um, so I can imagine a comic book artist going from a Comic-Con 
to an anime convention and feeling like a total fish out of water and not understanding what the hell is going on. Cause you walk in with your books and, and, uh, uh you know, you expect people to pay money for things <laughs> and you get a bunch of kids who walk over and pick up your comic book. That's $20 and go, is this for free? <laughs> well, can I, just, I have yeah. one of these? Well, right? if they even do that, because yeah. Dash Shaw's stuff is so far from anime yeah. that if he showed up at an anime convention, no one's going to pay yeah. him the time of day. No, what most kids at anime conventions are looking for are little cutout characters uh, that have been laminated and have like a little lanyard thing on them so that they can <laughs> put it on their keychain. Yeah. That's, that you know, for $2 because they brought $10 for the whole day and right. they have to eat lunch too. Um <laughs> But yeah, it, it. So I mean, like I'm being a little bit, a little bit flippant with with anime kids. I. But I mean, like that comes from experience. That comes from me having uh, both uh, run tables at at anime conventions and and attended several. But then there done are panels at them. Even there are the the other end of serious yes. adults. Like you absolutely, have a, you have a friend who's totally into that. Um, What's her name? Maddie, right? Yeah, and and her costumes are fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah. So, but Ma- but Maddie's cosplay tends to, and you can actually, uh, Maddie was on the Ape It's a Destiny podcast, which was part of Thunderquack, and I, she went. You can you can see that like she started off doing I sort of gateway cosplays. <laughs> I the, that early stuff like Sailor Moon. Um, I well even because she's young, way younger than us. I uh, she was doing like Kingdom Hearts. Oh and, yeah, and uh, Sailor Moon's too old for her. Sailor Moon. Oh man. <laughs> well, she has done Sailor Moon since, but yeah. So she kind of like worked her way through anime. I uh, although Kingdom Hearts is a video game, but it still it's falls an in. anime it's part video of that game. culture. For yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah. Um, she sort of worked her way into other stuff, and now does I uh, works of art in their own right. I mean, she's got this great Samus Aran. cosplay that she does that is not samus aaron from metroid per se but is like this 1950s bombshell style sort of like sci-fi bubble like bubble helmet pinup kind of yeah and and it's and it's like an interpretation right so yes there absolutely are cosplayers that sort of go to that other end of the spectrum they're not just kids going to loiter uh in a public place um, and but, I, you see some of that in this book, I yeah. feel like, and where it comes out is their uh, their dedication to these videos that they make. Yeah. Um, even if they're totally, um, you know, self absorbed and, and mean spirited yeah. toward other people and stuff, they're still like that's the sort of dedication yeah. that um, that some of these cosplayers have. And then the other thing is they're they go to another convention. Uh, Tezuka Khan. Yeah. And um and there's a, a like a fashion show or cosplay contest or whatever yeah. it is, right? And the whole time these people and I can't remember if it's them or their friends that they're with are just um complaining at all of the people who are um who are on the stage who are not really um they shouldn't be on the stage because they're not really dressed as anime yeah. characters because yeah. there's like Cammy from Street Fighters, yeah, the that's person a video who game. wins, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, she's, there's nothing anime. But although Street Fighter had several anime, oh, right? for so. sure. But uh, yeah, no. But and they're complaining about the the sexiness of the costume. Like, yeah. oh, she just won because <laughs> she's up there in a swimsuit. Yeah. Um, which I I like. I understand. I understand the stories. I understand the perspective of the stories, but they come across 
as ridiculously immature underdeveloped and and boring like like that is the most offensive thing about this book is that it's just straight up boring you don't care what happens to the characters because there's no consequences yeah like they go out and like they're filming people and really technically like like breaking the law. Oh, for sure. And there's never anything that happens to them. At no. one point, some person turns to them, turns to the camera, and says, "I can see you. You're idiots." And like that's the most. And <laughs> well, in fact, yeah. like they end up, they end up almost making a movie or something. They I get guess. a movie deal in the last chapter. That, yeah. That and that one is actually pretty funny because it, it doesn't go through. The guy promises them everything, yeah. and they they spend a lot of time, and then like the higher up say they're they're not interested. You can you can tell that 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 was not so much about the cosplayers as it probably was a personal anecdote. Yeah. Um <laughs> Maybe, that yeah. that was run through a filter, I think. Yeah. Um yeah, that's how that's how it read to me at least. It was yeah. like and then one time somebody tried to option one of my stories and they jerked me around for a year and then nothing came of it. Like Which is possible know. because he's done um, he's done some animation work okay. and some like, I think he's adapted his own short stories to animation. So I I yeah. wonder if that's that's possible. I don't know. Um, yeah. So there um, was there anything that you did like about this? <laughs> um, the sort of like interstitial parts, which I'm assuming because it was originally in sort of like a pamphlet or zine format, yeah. would be like the co- back, front back cover mm-hmm. and then sort of end pages. Um, those were kind of cool. The collages like, kind of. Yeah. Like... Yeah. There was some cool stuff in there that was very like sort of indie punk comic. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, as I say that, it's like, that's not wholly unique. Um, that's just part of that aesthetic. Right. right. Yeah, and so, that's kind of he does a lot of that kind of stuff. I um there are a few things that I liked about this. I did yeah. I liked the fact that like, he has a very different style in all of his books. So okay. this style is not a style that you'd find in the other books that I've read at least. So I don't yeah. know about the other ones, but uh um he it was interesting that he chose to try and go kind of realistic. Um in a very simplified way. Yeah. But like these characters who dress up as superheroes, they're not drawn like superheroes. They're drawn like real people. Yeah. So we see Wolverine, but he's got a, a gut and that kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I thought that was, and then, and then that's reflected in those interstitial parts that you were mentioning because he draws these people who are dressed up in cosplay, but yeah. they're, they are, um, they're just, they've got normal people proportions yeah. rather than typical comic Which proportions. Which speaks to one of the sort of final parts of the story where I think Verdi has sort of like a, a conversation with herself about how one of her favorite things is, is the imperfection, right? Mm -hmm. Like is the, the, when things are off model or the person's body type isn't right. right. Yeah. That like, that's sort of where the charm is. I get that. Like I, I, like I say, I understand where he's coming from with a lot of the stuff. I just feel like the execution was really, really lazy. Yeah. Right? Like, just because there was no attempt at, at plot or structure. There was... Right. Like, well, I don't the, think that that was the point, though. No, absolutely. But but it just... I think you can do that if other things are strong. Yeah. But when your dialogue is also just, look... There is a window. The window has glass in it. Like, <laughs> like this is like your characters are speaking like this, and yeah. it's like at, at, towards the end, one of the 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 lines of dialogue is literally, 
oh, it's a beautiful day. And it's like, <laughs> it's a comic. This is a visual medium. If it's a beautiful day, you know, like, like show us that it's a beautiful day. We could day. say that, but I'll go outside and say, oh, isn't it a nice day today? I, I sure. will actually but, verbalize but, that. But it didn't come across that way. It came across as like, in case you couldn't tell because the art is so simplistic, <laughs> It's supposed to be a beautiful day. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like there, there's a few moments where, where the characters are literally just narrating themselves right. out loud. And it doesn't sound like dialogue For that sure. anybody would yeah. say. Well, and especially you get to, um, there's one cha- the, one of the last chapters, I don't know if you made it this far, is with uh, the comic book guy. Oh, yeah. The, com- the, the one with the comic book guy. I would say like that was probably my favorite yeah. of, of the whole thing. But it was also just um nonsense it was right <laughs> but i think that's um that i felt like was a kind of a dig at people i guess kind of like you and i just spouting out information yeah, sure. or um so in love with this medium that yeah. we just kind of don't have our that we can we talk can about it, for, you know, yeah. something yeah, like that like hour, it yeah. was really funny it's i i thought that one was um that was an interesting chapter um because i it, it was like comic books yeah this the the story draws you in like it's a it has a physical yeah gravitational pull that will suck you in like saying this one is meant for you yeah. like probably that's what happened with star wars for you yeah. it it pulled at you and and brought you in and um and and, and that's what there was a comic that broke glass, the glass in the cabinet, because yeah. it was pulling at whatever. And then they take the comic, and then all they did was go home and cut it up. <laughs> yeah, and the comic says, this is what I wanted to be destroyed yeah. and reborn. Or something <laughs> it was so that. existential. It is very weird. Yeah, but... and um, the other thing, the one character, that the, my favorite character in this book is actually Baxter, the historian that's giving a talk at, <laughs> at Tezuka Khan, yeah. who's a big fan of Osama Tezuka. Uh, who's my favorite anime, I mean, uh, sorry, mangaka. Like, he's just fantastic. Yeah. I have a, an entire bookshelf I, you filled know, I, with his I books. I might even go as far as to say as an outsider, like, like Tezuka might be, like, your just favorite in general. Like Yeah, and I haven't brought him to the podcast yet, and I no. should, because I think that y- you would really, really appreciate his work. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, I've seen anime based on his manga. But so. that doesn't even... No, I know, like, I know. Not at all. I mean, I know. And the thing is, he was an animation guy, too, so yeah. the anime based on his manga was his anime like he produced it except for the newer stuff after he died yeah um but uh so they're at a convention that's solely dedicated to him which i think i would love to go to that (laughs) um and then you have this historian yeah that is an expert and i kind of resonated with this guy because i i feel i've done those kind of talks before yeah i've done um animation talks in front of crowds and and that kind of thing and then you go home and you feel i have all this knowledge and I've just spoken to a whole bunch of people, yeah. but it's really on something pointless and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's this, this podcast for us is that, oh, right? Oh, for it, sure. It, and he ha- and the, the character has this existential crisis yeah. where he, he can't eat and he can't, like, he can't, like, he doesn't know how to, how, how to function and ends up sleeping next to a dumpster um, in a urine-soaked alley after the yeah, convention. Yeah, because he, he walks up to the... He goes to the hotel that the convention is in and he walks up to the front desk and he's like, what do you mean you don't have a room for me? I'm a special guest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean... and, and But 
I think I think the biggest thing is that there's telling that story from the inside, yep. and then there's telling that story from the outside. Right. And I feel like this tells that story very much from the outside. Yeah. So these characters are are jokes. These characters are like I. I one-dimensional caricatures yeah um and really they they end up being mostly insulting even if there is like a a humorous element to some aspects of it um because like i said i just really feel like it's mean-spirited at its core yeah it it's targeted you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it it really has this sort of like venom to it that is i would say uncalled for it's like (laughs) look if you're not part of that culture why do you care, right? Yeah. The only thing that I I like to say about anime kids that that annoys me is, um, you can be as into anime as you want, but don't think that being into anime is the same thing as being knowledgeable about Japanese culture. Yeah. Because uh-huh. the Japanese culture that's represented in most anime is like a very like heightened, I uh, I a lot of the time satirized form of japanese culture. well it would be like saying the simpsons represents american culture exactly yeah so i uh, there's a lot of kids at anime conventions who will walk around saying you know in japan mm-hmm. it's totally normal to watch these shows <laughs> and then you talk to a person who is from japan um i have i i i call her my my sister i she was an exchange student that lived with us for over five years um from Japan. Uh, from Japan. Uh, so she's my, she really is kind of like my older sister, uh, Tammy. And uh, I've talked to her about this and she's like, in Japan, like nobody cares about this stuff. It's like, I, at one point she was coming over for a visit and she was like, did you want me to bring you anything? And I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. Can you bring me some stuff from Gurren Lagann? And she's like, I have no idea what that is. You're going to need to send me some pictures. You're going to need, need to like, give me information on this so that I can go and, and seek this stuff out. Now within anime circles at the time, Gurren Lagann was like the biggest thing going. Right. Um, and, and like, you'd be hard pressed to throw a rock at an anime convention (laughs) at somebody who hadn't seen Gurren Lagann or wasn't cosplaying one of the characters. Um, and she was like, that means nothing to me. And I was like, what about Full Metal Alchemist, which is a hugely popular show? And she's like, I don't know what that is. And then you're like, Dragon Ball? She's like, yeah, I know what Dragon Ball is because it's from when she was a kid, right? <laughs> right. Sailor Moon is from when she was a kid. But she grew up and stopped watching cartoons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like just like most people. And, you know, uh, there's, a, there's an important self-awareness that I think needs to come with pop culture fandom. Uh, you need to know when you walk into a, a, a non-fan scenario that not everybody knows Ghostbusters well enough to make quotes from <laughs> random scenes that nobody remembers, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like just because you know uh, Star Wars backwards and forwards or, you know, you can pick any uh, fandom. Um, does not mean that the average person does. Right. Most people don't know who Biggs Darklighter is. They just don't, right? Um, they certainly don't know who Wedge is, and they definitely don't know who Zev Sineska is, right? So I don't even know who that e- is. Exactly. But I do. And when I go to Star Wars Celebration, everybody there knows who Zev is, right? right? Uh, and uh, I, you know, you can get yep. into those conversations, but you need to be self-aware of that. Don't put yourself in that bubble and then 
and then expect that the rest of the world is in the same bubble as you, right? <laughs> Which I think is just good advice in general. Um, right, good life, life yeah. choice. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, like if somebody was writing this comic from the perspective of being inside that culture, um, having having real experience inside it, and actually having a love for some of the 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 stuff in it. Um, which I mean, I'm sure that he does. I mean, if you're, if you are a comic book artist, there must be one manga that you love, right? Like there has to be everybody. Oh, I'm sure. Because well, it's such a, it's such a large culture. He's very knowledgeable. There's something for everybody. But... In his little dialogue about Tezuka, it, yeah. he, he goes off on a lot of different things. I'm yeah. sure he's a fan of, of that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, anyways, I, so I want to leave, I want to um, end this episode sure. with a recommendation okay. on a book that does the same thing as this, yeah. but a whole lot better. Okay. Ghost World. Yes. Um, Ghost World has a lot of similarities to this book. There's yeah. two female protagonists yeah. who are kind of reprehensible characters. Yeah. Um, and they go through life sort of um, in their own little world, not caring yeah. about each other. I mean, not caring about the rest of the world. And they live in this... Um, very narrow worldview. Yeah. Um, and it's very similar to what I think Dash Shaw is trying to accomplish here. Yeah. But they do it hap- they do a re- it really well. Daniel Klaus does that book and he yeah. does it very, very well. Cool. Um, have you seen that movie? I haven't, but I know like Scarlett Johansson is yeah. one of the main characters. That's, right. That's one of her first roles. And Thora Birch is yeah. the other one. Okay. And uh, and yeah, the movie is is a pretty good representation of the comic, but comic is of course is better yeah <laughs> that's most original material for sure yeah for sure cool um next month so we are going to take um january off so yeah. these episodes are airing through december um we're going to take a break in january and come yeah. back with episodes in february so we have two months yes. to read so i'm taking advantage. no excuses <laughs> <laughs> i'm taking advantage of this this two month reading period yeah and i've picked a mother of a book yes it's It's called it's called the edernaut and um it's by uh let's see asterheld and lopez um it's an argentinian comic from the 70s that um is kind of his pulpy sci-fi yeah um end of the world story and it's uh it's fantastic i read a few pages on it online that um somebody had translated as their PhD thesis and um, and it was that's all it was because it, it hadn't been translated yeah. and I just I, I was instantly hooked but then after like 20 pages it was done and I didn't know how it ended so last year that same person who did the translation got the opportunity to translate the whole thing cool. and we have this book cool. and I got to read all of it and it's fantastic I love it so I want you to read it yeah. And I want all you readers to read it because I really want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and I'll need to reread it too because I read it last year and I need to yeah. remind myself of, of what goes on. So cool. that's my pick for next month. Um, and uh, next week we're going to talk about Star Wars Infinities. Yes. Um, that's your pick for the month. Yeah. And then um, and you'll tell us your reader poll uh, in the, the next end, episode. Yeah. yeah. And then the in our third episode we are reading the first volume of Power Rangers from yeah. Boom Studios. Yeah. So Which, like, go. if you... Look, Power Rangers, I'm going to say... Like, Star Wars Infinities, if you didn't read that, you should read that and then listen to the, to the episode because there's a lot of spoilers um, when we get into that. But with Power Rangers, I was so pleasantly surprised. I want to say now, if you're listening to this episode, 
uh, if you read cosplayers and you had the same feeling that I did and you want to like, I did this in the reverse order, but if you want to like wash that, taste that emo, <laughs> go pick up Power Rangers because I do think that it actually ended up being, it took me a little while to sort of digest it and, and think of how I felt about it, but I just want to recommend it to everybody because I think if you were a fan of Power Rangers in the 90s, this is exactly what what people wanted and we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks but yep i just want to make sure that people actually read it beforehand so that we can get into everything yeah okay good cool well that's that's our episode for today yeah, that's and it. we will see you in the next episode do you want to say it uh sure keep reading comics i never get to say it yeah <laughs>